Janet Yellen with a big warning on Bitcoin, another Boeing crisis, and the market rotation is on. This is the Running With The Money podcast. Let's get into it. And it is another wild day in the markets, but the Dow Jones up 100 points, NASDAQ down 300 points, S&P 500 down 20 points, and the Rust 2K down three points. All the while, the VIX is up 4%. So what is going on in the market today? And we said it at the top of the show, big time rotation in the markets. COVID-19 numbers are collapsing, which is an amazing thing. Thank God that COVID-19 numbers are coming down. It is a blessing. Um, And not only that, but we're reaching COVID-19 levels uh, that we saw back in September when numbers are at a low. So this is very good news, especially as the vaccine continues to roll out. People are, you know, uh, being made safe uh, once again from this virus. This is very good news. Um, And hopefully these COVID-19 numbers continue to go down and the spread continues to halt. And due to this um, epic collapsing of COVID-19 numbers, people are getting very excited about the reopening plays. Names such as Disney moving to the upside big time today. Uh, Speaking of Disney, up 5% right now. So excellent news um, on that front. We're seeing a lot of positives out of the recoveries right now. But at the same time, we have a lot of headlines that we have to get into. And the first one is Janet Yellen, the Treasury Secretary, and her thoughts on Bitcoin. So earlier today in a CNBC interview, she said that Bitcoin is, quote, extremely inefficient. She also said, quote, that I don't think that Bitcoin is widely used as a transaction mechanism. She also said, quote, to the extent it is used, I fear it's often for illicit finance is an extremely inefficient way of conducting transactions and the amount of energy that's consumed in processing those transactions is staggering. Now, I am no big Bitcoin person. I'm not. I'll be honest about it. I don't hold much Bitcoin whatsoever. In fact, I don't hold much crypto whatsoever. Um, I have not done enough research for me to put a ton of my money into crypto, um, into Bitcoin. But I do know um, the basis of Bitcoin and what it's all about and what the future looks like for it, um, you know, from what I've done and who I've talked to Um And I formed an opinion about Bitcoin that is more positive than negative. Um, And first, I want to preface my opinion on Bitcoin. I think Bitcoin is going to be the digital gold um, in the future. I think it is going to be another form of gold in a digital manner that is used as a um, safer place to keep your money than, say, the U.S. dollar or a bank account. Um, I think that Bitcoin is going to have, and they are having, a major supply and demand issue. Um, Supply is rapidly diminishing, while the demand is very much increasing, because now a lot of corporations want to add it to the balance sheet. We've seen Tesla do it. We've seen Square do it. We've seen a lot of companies do it. Um, We're seeing a lot of major firms, such as BlackRock, getting very interested in it. Um, And then not only that, but we are seeing overall a, an adaption of Bitcoin. I don't think it's going to be used much for transactions. Like, I really don't think you're going to walk into a store and say, yeah, I'm going to pay with this in Bitcoin. Um, what I think it is really going to be is a digital gold. You know, you don't go buy stuff at the store with gold. Um, I think it is going to be, you know, more of a safe place or a safer place to put your money than a bank account or, you know, just in the U.S. dollar alone, you know, collecting dollars and, you know, I don't know, putting them in your closet or something instead of a bank account. But, um, Inflation is a major worry. And when I read these comments, I, I frankly am like, seriously, um, you are saying that Bitcoin is extremely inefficient and which has a major supply and demand issue, which is going to likely drive prices much higher um, in Bitcoin uh, and gold. You know, as inflation rises, gold you know, is likely going to go up as well. Um, and, you know, they're going after Bitcoin when the U.S. dollar is at a major risk of a collapse. 
Um, and I honestly can't believe it that, you know, Janet Yellen out here, who has noted repeatedly in the past few months that she's not worried about uh, inflation. She's not worried about over government spending. Um, and she is pushing for more government spending is ridiculous. I can't believe she is going after something uh, such as a digital gold Bitcoin when the U.S. dollar is on the brink of collapse, according to nearly every major stock market and economic expert out here. I mean, it is insane to me. It is very reminiscent of what happened in 08, when basically the government pre-08, when the government was saying, oh, it's all right, everything's okay, everything is going to be fine, and then behind the scenes, the real estate market is collapsing, mortgages are going nuts, and everything is just failing. Um, and I think that is really what we're seeing right now, and it is very unfortunate. Um, Frankly, I find it sad that our government is not more worried about inflation at the moment and the dollar rapidly diminishing and the dollar no longer being the world currency, um, yet we're worried about Bitcoin and the fact that it's extremely volatile, yet at the same time, it has a lot going for it. Um, it has a lot of big, big corporations jumping in on it. And not only that, but it's holding its value much better than the dollar currently. Um, so it is frankly crazy. Now, yeah, Bitcoin's pulled back. In fact, it's pulling back today. Um, you know, it pulled back 7%, 7%, 10%, I mean, it has definitely, you know, been on a pullback. If we take a look, it went from a high of 58,000 just now at 53,000. It should, because where was it a month ago? It was all the way down at 32,000. So, I mean, yeah, it's just like a stock. It's just like anything else. You're going to have sell-offs and you're going to have cool-offs. But, you know, saying on the day that it's down, oh, it's extremely inefficient um, and you shouldn't buy it because it's not going to be widely used for transactions. Well, guess what? Um, I don't think anyone is going into Bitcoin or the large majority isn't going into Bitcoin saying, yeah, I'm going to go to the store and buy sliced bread with my Bitcoin. No, I don't think that's what they're buying it for. I think most people are buying Bitcoin as a store of value, as a place to keep their money because it's much better than the dollar and it's performing much better than a bank account or than gold even. So it is just crazy to me that uh, she is going after Bitcoin for those certain things. Now, yes, I agree with her that, you know, some Bitcoin is being used for illicit finance. I agree with her that there are issues with Bitcoin. There needs to be a little more regulation around Bitcoin. Um, but at the same time, don't knock it as inefficient when your own dollar that you're supposed to be paying attention to is failing. I mean, I take a look right now at inflation and what people are saying about that and what people are saying about the dollar, and it is very worrying to me. In fact, just a few months ago, at the beginning of the year, I wrote an article on uh, all the major risk I see to the U.S. economy and to the U.S. stock market. Um, and one of those major risks was, um, you know, the dollar. And we saw a lot of people throughout 2020 and late 2020 come out and say, guys, we need to be worried about the dollar. And still, the Fed and the Treasury Secretary are not worried about it at all. And that is very worrying to me. In fact, just a few weeks ago, um, the ING chief economist, Carson uh, I believe it's called Brisky, uh, said, quote, we forecast another 5 to 10% dollar decline throughout 2021 as the Fed allows the U.S. economy to run hot. 5 to 10% doesn't sound much, but, uh, you know, keep your ears on. Uh, now, then shortly after that or shortly before that, however you want to time these quotes, uh, economist Stefan Roach warned of a double dip recession in November of 2020, so just a few months ago. Uh, and he said, quote, this is just the early stages to a dollar decline or a decline in the dollar. He went on to tell the reporter that his base case targets a 35% decline in the U.S. dollar between the time he spoke um, in November and the end of 2021. Uh, the dollar has not since then collapsed much 
uh, you know, even near 35%, but it's looking like it very much could. Now, then economist Peter Schiff, you know, I don't really care whatever opinion you have on him. He is an economist, um, and in some aspects, when it comes to the dollar, he knows what he's talking about. He's been wrong on Bitcoin, but he knows what he's talking about. Um, economist Peter Schiff also noted that the dollar is in for great declines in 2021 as well, noting that, quote, the U.S. dollar is now trading at its lowest level against the Swiss franc since January of 2015. This is a hard of things to come. The franc is leading the way, but other currencies will soon follow. 2021 may be the worst year ever for the U.S. dollar, at least until 2022. He tweeted on December 2nd um, of 2020. So, you know, these economists, major economists, continue to warn of a double-dip recession in 2021 and possibly even a major crash in the dollar, which would cause major inflation in the United States and possibly, um, you know, it, will, it would cause huge issues uh, in the U.S. economy and in turn greatly affect the stock market. Now, then at a Reuters annual investment conference in early December of 2020, BlackRock's chief investment officer, Rick Reeder, said, quote, the markets are right. I think the dollar will cheapen from here. Now, all of these major firms, economists um, are calling for a major dip in the dollar, a major crash in the dollar. In fact, uh, Citibank is forecasting as of a few months ago, late 2020, a 20% decline in the dollar by the end of 2021. Another major worry. Um, and if we take a look, emerging markets tend to do much better as the dollar is expected to crash, decline, or is declining and diminishing. Um, and already, if you take a look, such as EEM, a major um, emerging markets ETF, that thing has been to the upside in the past six months insanely. In fact, if we take a look at the six-month performance of EEM, um, it is up, well, let's just take a one-year. It's up 30% on the one-year chart. Um, in the past six months, it's gone from 42 bucks a share to 55 um, and it continues to trend long-term to the upside. So my point continues to be made that inflation is definitely a worry, but just yesterday and today, we got some more um you know, push for more worry when it comes to inflation. If we take a look, um, we all know Michael Burry. He was the one who basically called the 2007-08 collapse of the stock market and economy, um, and he basically called the recession, and, you know, he made a crap ton of money off it, off credit fault swaps. Um, but he tweeted out yesterday, quote, the U.S. government is inviting inflation with its MMT-tinged policies, brisk debt to GDP, M2 increases while retail sales, PMI stage V recovery trillions more stimulus and reopening to boost demand as employee and supply chain cost skyrocket paradigm shift. And then he showed us all the charts and, you know, he basically made the point that inflation um, in an overheating of the U.S. economy in later 2021, if more stimulus and passed and the government continues to print is a huge worry. Um, and he related it to um, basically what happened in Germany um, right after or right around World War One and shortly after in Weimar, Germany, where basically the country saw a huge hyperinflation and it absolutely destroyed their economy. It wreaked havoc on their economy. Um, and I think, you know, uh, there's a lot of clear parallels between that time and this. And it's not just Michael Berry calling this epic crash of the dollar. It's not just Michael Berry calling for this hyperinflation. In fact, Bank of America also called for it. They hinted at it. Bank of America hints that Weimar 2.0 could be coming. Um, and this is an article by Zero Hedge. And, you know, I'm going to read you the first paragraph. It's no secret that B of A's chief investment officer has been warning that 2021, the year of the vaccine, is one where real inflation 
and then, you know, as opposed to financial, will run a monk sooner or later. And in his latest flow show, he represents his two main contentions about how events will play out in the months months to come, namely, quote, the velocity of people will rise and quote, the velocity of money will also rise. That is the first paragraph from an article by Tyler Durden of Zero Hedge, an article that I recommend you go read. I'll tweet out a link to it so you can go check it out. In fact, I already have. It's in my Twitter feed. Go check it out. Very interesting article. I read through it. And one of the things that caught me most off guard was what they were calling for when what's going to perform well and what is not going to perform well. And basically the article goes through all the similarities between what we have seen in other countries, specifically Weyermeyer, Germany, where hyperinflation has occurred and the economies have collapsed and have just absolutely gone through hell. And that is exactly what we are seeing here. And we are seeing a lot of parallels between the U.S. economy and then. And um, that is something that I noticed uh, that inflation is going to be a major worry and all these other experts noticed in mid 2021, the late 20, I mean, 2020. Um, so it is a major worry to me. Um, is that something you need to, uh, keep on your mind as a major risk to the stock market? I'm not saying sell everything. No, I'm saying buy the opportunity to still trade and invest as normal, but be prepared for major issues in the future. Um, so, you know, they take a look here and, you know, basically B of A noted that, uh, since 1950 real assets, so commodities, real estate, and collectibles have a greater than 70% correlation with inflation, uh, versus just a 5% correlation with financial assets. Um, and, you know, they basically noted that in this scenario, you know, in this high inflation scenario, what you're going to want to do is buy commodity linked exposure and you're going to want to sell duration in tech and growth. Um, and maybe that's something to take a look at. Growth has had a massive run. Technology has had a massive run over the past year and a, a rally that we've never seen really in stock market history, at least not since the early 1900s. And it is definitely something we need to pay attention to. So um, I'm done with my rant uh, about inflation, but I just want you guys to keep it as a major worry um, and a major risk that you should be watching on your radar when, you know, looking at the overall market and economy, um, because the economy and stock market are linked, you know, whether they looked very, you know, obviously they are very departed throughout the COVID-19 pandemic, but they are linked in a high inflation scenario and overheating of the economy could spell disaster for not only the stock market, but also the U.S. economy. So it's definitely something to pay attention to. Once again, go to my Twitter feed and you can find this article um, on my Twitter feed. It's by Zero Hedges. Um, Tyler Durden, excellent article. Um, also, if you go to Michael Berry's Twitter, you can find his whole entire thread on what he expects with inflation. And he basically said at the end of the thread, you know, you said I didn't warn about the crash in 07 and 08. Well, I'm warning about this one. Um, and I did warn about that one. So pay attention. So that is definitely something I am paying attention to personally. Now, I also want to talk about uh, this Boeing, uh, this big Boeing uh, crisis that we are once again having. So the FAA ordered Boeing 777s grounded after an aircraft landing in Denver had an engine failure. There was parts falling off the aircraft. Now, there are a few notes that people need to pay attention to that many aren't. First off, the aircraft was 26 years old. This was no new Boeing aircraft. Um, second off, the engine was actually made by Raytheon's Pratt & Whitney, um, not by Boeing. Boeing did not manufacture the engines on these aircrafts, so it does not fall back on Boeing. And then third, um, Boeing doesn't maintain these aircrafts. Uh, Boeing does not maintain any part of the aircraft currently, um, especially even the engines on the United Aircraft. Uh, so that is definitely, at least according to all the information I've seen, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, so... 
definitely uh, you need to take this into consideration. To me, what this signals is that, okay, uh, you know, buy new aircraft, get rid of these 26-year-old airplanes, um, these aircraft, when Boeing has these revolutionary ones uh, coming out of the factory. So that is definitely something to pay attention to, and that could be why, if we take a look at Boeing today, it was up a few bucks at one point. It's currently down 1.68%. I think it's a buying opportunity. Um, Boeing fits into the recovery play. And I think probably the only reason it's down today is probably because, um, you know, of this crisis. If it weren't for this crisis, I think Boeing would be up just like Disney is roughly 5% um, because the recovery is on and companies are going to continue to reopen. People are going to start traveling again, and that is good for Dis- uh, good for Disney, of course, and, but good for Boeing, I meant, um, because, you know, uh, people are going to travel a lot more, um, and air- airlines are going to need new aircrafts to replace their 26-year-old aircrafts um, for all of this new volume they have, this pent-up and travel demand that we are likely going to see um, as the United States comes out of the COVID-19 pandemic, and we are starting to see that very much in the declining COVID-19 numbers, so that is definitely something I love to see. And that leads me into this rotation. If we take a look at the broader market today, you know, you see uh, Disney up eight points right now. We uh, take a look, and a lot of recovery plays are on the rise. Ford, General Electric, um, all up. Uh, TGX up. You know, it's kind of a mixed bag. UPS up. Goldman Sachs up. MasterCard up. Um, a lot of companies are up. If we take a look at the airlines, in fact, they're all up. If we take a look at the banks, the majority of the banks are up. Um, A lot of travel names are up. And that is something we should be seeing as COVID-19 numbers decline. We're seeing a major rotation into recovery names. If you take a look at Discovery, it's up. Um, If you take a look at WWE, it's up. Um, A lot of things are up. If we take a look at, for instance, um, travel names such as, let's take a look at Expedia, it's up. If we take a look at Airbnb, that one might be up. I haven't taken a look at it today. Um, And, you know, you have to pay attention to the broader market and how it rotates. So Airbnb is down today. That's probably a buying opportunity. It's a recovery name. It's down today 3.4%. It has run a lot this year. But if the recovery uh, trend continues to the upside, Airbnb could be a good one to pay attention to. Um, If we take a look at hotels, um, you know, we see some hotels up. Um, If we take a look at, for instance, gambling, um, we see some, you know, casino stocks are up. So overall today, we are seeing a lot of the... I, I would say travel name, uh, travel names, the uh, reopening, recovery names up. And that's, yeah, Las Vegas Sands up, a casino up. Um, so that is definitely what you need to pay attention to is this re- uh, rotation in the market um, into recovery names once again. We saw this a few months ago consistently when people couldn't really tell if we were coming out of this thing and then COVID-19 numbers went back up and then the rotation was kind of over and people went back to tech. And now they're coming back out of tech and they're going back into, um, you know, obviously the recovery names. So pay attention to those recovery names. But what is this rotation doing? It's causing a lot of opportunities to be shown in tech. Um, and if we take a look at tech names, we see those names absolutely getting sold off today. We see all the semiconductors very much on the downside of the day. AMD on 4% buying opportunity. Um, semiconductors are definitely, I believe, going to be a consistent part of the future. And I think they are going to do well throughout any scenario. So buy that. We see Amazon um, back down under 3200 
buy it. I see Alibaba down 3.42%. A lot of these major tech companies down, Square down to nearly 3%. Apple down 3%. Microsoft down nearly 3%. Google down nearly uh, 1.5%. Um, you know, a lot of great names, tech names down the day. This is an opportunity to get in on those names. Netflix is also down. We see CLTD down. We see the gaming stocks, the video game stocks, Take Two, EA down. Um, there are opportunities to get into today, and you definitely need to pay attention to those. Now, the last topic of today's podcast is stimulus, and this goes right hand in hand with, um, obviously, insane government spending and inflation. So, the stimulus moved forward today. Um, the House Budget Committee advanced the $1.9 trillion relief package. Now, what implications does this have on the stock market? Good for recovery plays, at least in the stock market's eyes. Um, also, this is good because in the next step is the House votes on it and will likely pass in the House. Now, on the downside, it'll probably go to the Senate, and um, you know, I say on the downside, uh, I don't believe we need to spend this money. It'll probably go to the Senate, and it will probably get struck down, um, and you know, probably go through another few weeks of negotiating, and possibly we get a half-sized one, you know, half of the one point nine trillion. Who knows? Um, it's hard to tell what happens in the Senate at this point because it's fifty-fifty pretty much. Um, but it's definitely something to pay attention to. So if, you know, that $1.9 trillion stimulus gets struck down, the market could sell off on that news. Um, Who really knows? And I want to round out the show with what the stock market is. People always ask, you know, what is the stock market doing today? And, you know, how do you analyze the stock market? And the stock market, and I continue to say it on Twitter, and I continue to say it um, whenever I talk to investors, it's a reflection of investor sentiment. It is a reflection of what the investor is thinking. And right now, the investor is thinking the United States is in recovery mode. We are coming back. Travel is going to come back. Shopping is going to come back. People are going to start living life like normal as the vaccine continues to be distributed and the country continues to reopen. And, uh, you know, they are saying, well, there's a lot of opportunities in the recovery names, and there's not as much opportunity right now in the tech names because those have gone up so much over the past few weeks, and maybe we need to trim those back. So taking a look at my watch list, what do I see? Pay attention to the psychology of the market. What do I see? I see, as I said, the FANG names down, a lot of opportunity in those names. Software down. I love CRM. It's down 2% today. I think you could add CRM, start getting into that. I see Shopify down nearly 5%, something to check out. Um, I see a lot of software names and tech names down the day. Um, and, you know, going in the future, even though inflation is a major risk, I think you're going to want to have a lot of tech in your portfolio because it is the future. But at the same time, Back that tech up with a lot of recovery names. Back it up with, you know, a lot of names such as I'll go through my holdings, some of my recovery holdings, um, such as, you know, Boeing, such as Disney. I hold both of those, such as Nike, such as Walmart. Those are names that are going to probably and very much likely do well no matter what, whether in an inflationary system or not, because, of the you know, the country is recovering from a major recession, and that's something to pay attention to. But that is the show today. Thank you for listening. Um, if you have any questions, you know, just tweet me, comment on any of my Twitter posts. I'm always on Twitter giving market commentary. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for following the podcast and thank you for continuing to listen. Um, if you have any questions, you know, as I just said, tweet me. Um, if you, you know, have you want me to change something on the show, want to see an improvement in something, please let me know on Twitter or any way um, on any of my social media platforms. Follow me and my team at Running With Money on Facebook and Instagram. Also follow me on Twitter. Um, and, you know, check out the options course. Uh, it's linked below. 
in the podcast. It's an excellent course by a trader with 20 years of options experience. Um, and if you want to learn the trade options, I trade options. Um, once you master options trading, you are going to make more money off less capital. And well, that's what we all dream of. So thank you for listening to the show. We'll be back Wednesday with another episode of the Running With The Money podcast. See you then.